Hi, this is Francis, and thanks for tuning in again. Uh, this is my podcast, which I named Dearest Follower, and uh, it's where I pick a random person. It could be family, friends, uh, acquaintances, it could be just uh, someone who is uh, a follower on any one of my social media, and I dedicate um, an episode uh, addressing them directly. So... Uh, this is for you, dearest follower, and uh, today is May the 9th, 2016, and this is podcast number three. So, where do I begin with you? The thing that strikes me about you is that you have impossibly high standards. You aim for excellence. Uh, whether you always try is another thing, because all of us get lazy and all of us uh, lose motivation at some point, but... Uh, uh, you have, shall we say, an obsession. Um, and uh, I think you have um, shown that you are able to achieve excellence. And I think uh, you uh, intend to keep showing us in the future that you can uh, be truly excellent. Uh, but I think the thing that uh, maddens you is that uh, is that space between excellence and perfection and I see that um, that that obsesses you and it upsets you because uh, you, you know with a certain amount of work with a certain amount of dedication and focus you have achieved very 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 high levels um, but um, you don't quite know how to get to that next level and I'm not sure that um, that level exists. I'm not sure what the parameters are of that level, in fact. And um, I suspect that this could be a psychological thing. I think that instead of allowing yourself to be satisfied with excellence, I think you are punishing yourself by being disappointed with the fact that you didn't achieve perfection. Um, and I think that's just, um, as I say, it's a psychological thing where in your mind you are more accustomed to punishing yourself and um, being down on yourself than encouraging yourself uh, for all your achievements. So what do we do about this? Well, one solution I have that just comes to mind is... Um, to work very, very hard as you always do, and I know it does um, uh, come hard for you. I know that working hard is a hard thing, uh, but for you, um, you're able to motivate yourself to 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 put in the work, and 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 that's that's an amazing gift in itself. So you should be thankful for for that. Um, and so what I think you should do is um, do the absolute best you can, uh, because. Your best will um, allow yourself to reach a very, very high level. And then let nature take care of the rest. Because, you know, the judgment of whether something 
is uh, excellent or perfect in somebody's view um, is maybe a subjective thing. Maybe it's something that only comes with time. Maybe it's something that comes uh, from something external and not something that we have any control over. This is something that frustrated me too. I mean, I, I really empathize with, with, with you and your journey and everything you're going through. Uh, when I was 11 years old, um, I was taking a, an entrance, ex entrance exam to a, um, a private school. Um, and uh, uh, I knew that they were offering four scholarships uh, uh, for the uh, class entering that year and uh, I went to take the exam and we were in this hall uh, this giant hall uh, and I counted the number of rows and columns of, of kids taking this um, test and there were about 200 um, and uh, they were offering 25 places so uh, the top 25 in this room would get into the school uh, and then the top four in the whole hall would be getting scholarships and I, I really wanted to get a scholarship and I, um, so I sat there and I was you know, um, you know 10 years old I suppose um, uh, this was to enter um, a secondary school uh, middle school and um, I was kind of strategizing in my head and I was thinking well if I do as well as I can on the math paper then I will get 100% and 100% will put me in first place you know joint first place you know whatever I'll, I'll be I'll be top. Uh, and then there was a, a reasoning section. There was math reasoning in English. So reasoning is like IQ tests and, you know, logic puzzles and things. And I was thinking, okay, so if I get everything right on that, then I'll get 100% there too. That's fine too. Now, the English was the problem because the English was in two parts. And the first part was a reading comprehension and the second part was a composition. So I thought reading comprehension, okay, well, you know, the questions are based on the text. And if I get all the questions right, then I'll get 100% again. So I'm, you know, that's all fine. And I was thinking, oh, and I remember thinking, you know, actually sitting in the exam hall, I was thinking, it all comes down to the composition. And I wrote, and I read the, the question for the composition, and he said, um, uh, write a, an essay, no, write a composition on any one of the following subjects. And the subjects were, number one, the old man, number two, uh, the fish in the sea or something, and number three was the circus, you know. I put my hand up and uh, this, this old man, this, uh, the adjudicator, um, came to me and said, yes, how can I help you? And I said, it says here um, to write a composition. Uh, can I write a poem? And he said, you can write whatever you want. So I thought, that's it. You know, if I write a poem, however bad it is, if it rhymes and scans, in other words, if it has the right rhythm and it basically rhymes, then that may put me over the top. That'll put me in that top bracket um it'll give me a that leg up um and i remember th you know actually working that out uh in the test i did end up getting a scholarship so happy ending to that story but um that's the kind of thing that you and i obsess about you know uh about how to be uh not only just the top but how to sometimes even be better than the top. I think the other thing, we have a lot in common, you and I, um, I think the other thing that, uh, that uh, obsesses us, shall we say, is the mistakes we've made. And I think um, uh, we are haunted by the mistakes that we've made, uh, especially as uh, a lot of the mistakes that, um, well, let's talk about you because it's you and, not, and talk a little bit less about me. Um, um, you have made um, some mistakes in public, 
you know, some of these things aren't even mistakes. They're just, you know, uh, um, you may have misbehaved or you may have said the wrong thing once or any one of these things. Uh, but uh, the fact that uh, you did it in public, uh, the fact that um, you did it in front of other people, uh, or sometimes uh, um, you did it uh, on social media, or uh, any one of these things, uh, that's what really kills you. You see, more than just the fact that you're disappointed in yourself for making a mistake, what really kills you, because the mistake itself replays in your head over and over, sometimes in those, in those quiet moments or those moments before you fall asleep or those moments when you're doing the dishes, you see yourself doing this again, you know, and it pops back into your head for some reason and it kills you, you know, and this memory just really haunts you. Um, but even more than that is knowing that this memory or this incident may be playing in other people's heads, that they are judging you, not only judging you on your mistakes, but that you have no control over uh, what other people think of you or even the thoughts that other people are having of you. And this is what drives you crazy. But what can I say? Um, I can reassure you by saying, first of all, that... Um, other people don't think about you or your mistakes as much as you think they do, so calm down. Uh, number two, uh, it's not as bad as you think it is. And number three, um, you should be proud of yourself. You're in rarefied company um, of people who have publicly made mistakes, you know, public people, uh, celebrities, uh, uh, politicians or, or whoever, who have... Uh, had to make their mistakes in public. And um, trust me, this, um, this galvanizes them in a good way. This strengthens them. Um, uh, there's, there's no learning experience like that. Um, other people don't have that gift of uh, learning from a very public mistake. The best people are constantly striving uh, against the tide of the public. The, the best people um, are, are judged in public. Um, you know, you can be the best poet in the world or the best filmmaker in the world in private. <laughs> you could produce things for your own enjoyment. Uh, but before you have the, uh, the guts to really put it out there, um, who knows? So you should count yourself lucky. Um, and this is something that I was thinking about as I was writing a song in the last couple of days. Um, and um, I came up with something uh, uh, that surprised even me. So this is it. All those mistakes you made You made so publicly They run around inside your head Driving you crazy So yeah, I don't know what happened with that. Uh, it turned 
slightly jazzy. Uh, the the chords that my fingers uh, sought out on the piano, uh, and then I just wanted that that tremolo kind of sliding celloy thing. Uh, so I, I I did that, and um, uh, I don't know what it is. Um, you know what it is? Maybe it's because uh, the new Radiohead album came out yesterday, uh, and uh, maybe. Uh, that influenced me in some way. Or I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, the style of it uh, surprised me. I don't know where that song is going. Uh, I've written uh, another couple of verses, uh, but uh, who knows what will come of that. Talking of Radiohead um, and excellence, uh, I think they, they, they're in the same boat. I think it's the same predicament, really, where um, uh, you know the expectations are so high for any thing new that that Radiohead uh, produces. Uh, and so I imagine them sitting in the studio um, just working really, really, really hard just to get their music up to a level of excellence that satisfies them. Um, and then I imagine that they use wild cards. I imagine that they add this or do that or tweak this or, you know, improvise something on top of what they're doing because... Uh, you never know how that will be received. But that's the thing that, that can really push you over that edge from excellence into nearing something like a masterpiece. Um, and uh, I think this is a lesson. I think uh, we should approach our lives and our work. I think you should uh, approach your life and your work in a similar way, where you just work as hard as you can, you trust your own judgment, um, and uh, then... Um, you just add a couple of flourishes. Wow, that's the word I was looking for, flourishes. Yeah, yeah, we all need flourishes. Uh, add that flourish onto a foundation of excellence, um, and who knows where that'll lead you. Excellent stuff. And as for the mistakes you made going back to the song, um, uh, you should um, be thankful that... Uh, when I think of mistakes made in public, the, the one thing that I think of is uh, that scene in Michael Moore's documentary, Fahrenheit 9-11. You know, that scene when um, George W. Bush is informed of the second uh, plane uh, and he's sitting in some, I don't know, elementary school, some kids are reading books or something, and he's sitting there and he's, he's immobile. And I don't remember off the top of my head how many seconds he sat there, but uh, Michael Moore, I think, for sure tells us... <laughs> um, uh, emphasizes it, I'm sure, uh, maybe even emphasizes in slow motion. I don't know. Um, but but it's quite horrific um, just uh, how publicly you see um, the, the the cogs in George W. Bush's head turning and his uh, just not knowing quite what to do. And this is maybe beyond his... You know what? It's beyond anybody's capability. I mean, yes, I mean... What do we do in the situation? I mean, you know, ideally we would be a person of action and stand up immediately and know exactly how to react to this. But he didn't. Uh, he's human, so he's sitting there, and he may be the may have been the leader of the free world or whatever you want to call him. But um, but but that moment was captured on camera, and that moment was replayed, uh, and that moment is there for posterity because of a documentary that basically focuses on that moment. So uh, no mistake that we could ever make, no public mistake that we could ever make could ever be as public or as um, mocked or vilified or whatever it is as much as that moment. You know, when I said to you earlier that um, 
uh, nobody, um, you know, our mistakes are our own and, um, you know, nobody else thinks of our mistakes as much as we do. That George W. Bush moment is the exception. It's the exception where I think other people think of his mistake much more than he thinks of his mistake. It's so public and it's so known. Uh, he has no control over that. Um, but what I wanted to express to you, not only in this podcast, but also in the song, um, in, in, in later verses and things, um, is that um, nobody else owns your mistakes. You own them. You own them and you benefit from them uh, and they make you stronger. Uh, and other people thinking about, you know, your shortcomings um, makes you stronger. It doesn't make them stronger. You know, that's the thing. We, we think it gives other people strength because they have ammunition against us. Well, it doesn't. All of it makes us stronger. And, you know, we may feel that our mistakes define us, but they really don't. Uh, that moment in George W. Bush's uh, life doesn't define him. It defines him in our head, maybe, but it doesn't define him to himself, and it definitely isn't who he is from an objective point of view. Um, a definition is just a definition. It's not us. So I wouldn't worry about uh, labels. I wouldn't worry about um, uh, characteristics, um, characterizations. Um, yeah, I would definitely just uh, let all that stuff go. And going back to that final thing that I think defines you somewhat, which is, uh, shall we say, your past or your track record. And yeah, I know that when you look back on your past, uh, it looks as if uh, uh, it's not a good sign. Uh, I know that. Uh, I think if we uh, project and make a prediction uh, based on your past, then uh, it's probably not going to be very good. But uh, that's the challenge. I mean, breaking through that is the challenge, and uh, um, I have every confidence that you'll do it. Um, but yeah. What can I say to you except that um, when I see you uh, constantly, constantly striving, when I see that you're not giving up, when I see you uh, and, and the amount that you give to your community, uh, to your church. Um, and yeah, uh, you know, um, I'm, I know you've been through ups and downs in your faith and you will continue to do so, believe me. Uh, and I know that it's not easy for you sometimes to uh, show your face or to, uh, to put on a brave face or to uh, keep showing up. Um, but you do. I mean, even if it's reluctant, you do. And when I just see you doing that, that to me defines some kind of success. Because failure is giving up. Failure is walking away. Failure is not doing as well as you hoped you would. The doing part is the part that defines you and defines success. Um, so, so don't give up. Just keep, you know, basically if you stay alive and keep doing stuff, that is what a success is. I hope I've been um, reassuring to, um, by telling you uh, that just by showing up, you are succeeding. Because I just want the pressure to be off. Um, and bringing stuff back to uh, 
yesterday's gospel reading. Yesterday was not only Mother's Day, which is really, really interesting because um, I know you have a complicated relationship with your mother. Um, a lot of us do. Um, but I think you feel that yours is especially complicated. Uh, so there is that. Um, uh, so I did think of you. I was thinking of you yesterday. Uh, and then I listened. To the, I heard the gospel reading the gospel reading, which again uh, deals with um, Jesus's ascension, and um, it's from Luke chapter twenty-four. And what's key um, uh, for me in this moment is uh, Jesus describing his disciples as witnesses. And I love this word witness because witness is not only someone who has seen something, but it's also somebody who uh, believes something, and it's also somebody who does something about it. And I think you know in that respect we should all try to be witnesses um if we are witnesses of faith it means that we believe that something has happened and that we uh, uh have have a mission and uh, jesus gives his disciples a mission and he says to them you know you're not coming with me you're not coming with me right now i need you to go back into the city and stay there until uh you are clothed with uh, i think power or glory one of those words uh, from up on high um and so uh, they're given a mission. And I think the lesson that can be learned here is um, the lesson of uh, what they then did. Because after having witnessed such an extraordinary moment, after having witnessed Jesus returning to heaven and thinking that maybe this is the end of the story or maybe, oh, this is glory. This is, maybe you all go to heaven. Maybe this is the end of the world. They didn't know what was going to happen. But then they were told um, to go back to the city. In other words, to to their real lives, to, to the world. Um, and they did. And I think the, the, uh, Luke chapter 24 describes them going back to the temple with great joy. I think they returned to the city of Jerusalem with great joy. Uh, and they went to the temple and were continually praising God. Um, I love this. I, I, I love this. Uh, I hope this uh, helps you. Um, I think... The disciples themselves achieved their own kind of excellence by obeying Jesus and going back to the world, going back to the temple, and praising. Uh, and I think we can all learn from this. I think we have to uh, apply ourselves to the world. We need to go back into the world. Uh, and that's... Uh, all we've been asked to do is to continue to be witnesses for Jesus and let the rest take care of itself. Thanks for listening.